0: I have seen the pace of your life. The stress. The anxiety. The constant movement. Rushing from one place to the next. Chasing after your desires. Or running from your fears how you struggle striving to meet your needs all on your own I see the burdens placed upon you and the burdens you place upon yourself in the midst of this chaos and hurry I am calling out to you to slow down Still, and know that I am God it is I who set the earth in motion it is I who sustains you protects you and provides for your needs come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid for i will never leave you let your soul find rest in me and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts for neither death nor life the present nor the future neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from my love. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world.
1: Feel free to join in. Welcome to East Taylorsville. These two rows right here are filled full of band members and parents, and thank you guys for coming and supporting your students. This is uh, one of the good things that came from COVID. Uh, We had time to practice, and so we started practicing about four months ago, and uh, this is what we came up with, so glad you guys. uh, Thank you guys for for doing this. Thank you, Praise Team, for helping us out, too, and if you're visiting with us for the first time, uh, if you go out these doors when you leave, there's a welcome table, and there's a package there that we're going to give to you, and it just has information about our church. Ways that you can be plugged in, how you can contact our church staff, whatever we can do to serve you in the future, you'll be able to find that there uh, in the in the vestibule as you leave. Also, just uh, optimism about student ministry in the summer. Uh, we have been sort of kind of given the green light for summer, um, so we are planning forward to summer. doesn't mean summer's going to happen, but to have multiple hundreds of people here for vbs it takes lots of planning and so we've got to start planning now to go towards that so just be optimistic about summer summer camps all that hope is going to happen we are moving forward with that as if it is going to happen so uh, if you don't mind stand up and uh, greet your neighbor tell everybody hello awkwardly during covid however fist bump elbow do what you want Uh, and then we'll continue with worship
2: and psalm says praise the lord praise god in his sanctuary praise him in his mighty heavens praise him for his acts of power praise him for his surpassing greatness let everything that has breath praise the lord praise the lord I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as we go to the lord in prayer we're going to continue to worship through this prayer time because there's so much that we can praise god for and I just want you if you're with your family you may just want to put your arm around your family if it's your kids and pray for them during this time or maybe if you're just by yourself, if you, you're, you're welcome to kneel there at your chair. And let's just continue to worship Him. Thank Him that He is your shield and your strength. Praise the Lord for His protection and His provision in your life. Thank Him that you can call him your Father. And that he is a good father that meets your needs. That you can call on him and walk with him. Thank him now for how he's provided for your family and provided for you. That he has been faithful. And thank him for his unconditional and perfect love. And together, let's thank him for answered prayers. Whatever it is he's done in your life, thank him now. Thank him again of how he's answered. And thank him that he hears you when you call on him. And I ask as a congregation that you lift up the name of Claudette Huffman. this is Mia Hensley's mom. Pray that God bring healing and strength to her. Thank him for his salvation, that he has saved you if you know him, for his forgiveness. Thank him for how he's saved your family if they know him. And if they don't, pray now for their salvation and that they would walk with him. And then finally, just thank him that he is the king of kings and lord of lords, that he rules and he reigns, that he is in control and that you can trust him. Thank him for that. And, Lord, we lift up our praise with the very breath that you give us. Lord, we pour it back out to you to give you worship, to give you praise, because, Lord, you are worthy. Thank you that you are here with us, that we can call on your name. And, Lord, we're thankful that you're coming soon. And until then, Lord, help us to be faithful, to walk with you, and to be light in this darkness. May you be honored and glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
3: Thank you guys. Was that not a blessing? Let's give the Lord a hand clap praise. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you, Justin and Sharon for all your hard work. I want to thank the uh, the families who have allowed their students to come here and play with us. What a blessing it is. Uh, hopefully that's not the last time we hear them. Amen. Hopefully it's not. Um, we've been talking about for the last 10 weeks, actually, uh, the last 10 messages i preached have been out of Romans chapter 12. Uh, the first two verses talk about surrendering yourself to the Lord. Present your body as a living sacrifice, okay? Which is a one-time thing. There's a time in your life after you're saved, you say, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. I remember when I surrendered to the ministry, I realized my life was changing forever. That was a presentation of myself to give myself to Jesus, regardless of what that ended up being. Little did I know I'd be here. Had no idea I'd be here, okay? Then we're renewed by the transforming of our mind. You cannot live out verse 3 through verse 21 unless there's been a presentation of yourself and a transformation of your mind. can't do it. You can't do it. Verses 3 through 8, he talks about spiritual gifts that are apply in the church first because God has gifted us all, right? It is to to apply in the church first. That's an act of worship, okay? And, and I shared that Sunday. Imagine how many people are missing out, being blessed because you refuse To give yourself to God and use your spiritual gifts in the context of the church. Okay? God literally changed my Christian life when I said yes to being an usher at Millersville Baptist Church. That was my first step of obedience, just taking y'all's money, right? Okay? If I couldn't do that, I couldn't preach at these tales of Baptist Church, could I? I used to tell people in furniture if you can't sweep, you can't lead the factory. You can't do it, okay? So start where God has you. If that's all God has you to do, thank God for it, right? Then verses 9 through 21, my goodness. Has it not been a tough thing to read? How you relate to the brothers and sisters in Christ, number one. And then some verses directly relate to how you relate to the unbelieving world. Isn't it amazing? Authentic Christianity. You know, you can wear a WWJD bracelet all you want to, but then Monday comes. You go to work. And all these issues happen in your community. So what are you going to do? So I want you to do is this last message in Romans chapter 12. Stand with me. And let's read verses 17 through 21. We're going to look at four words this morning. Notice the first verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Now let me just preface this by saying this does not mean you can't defend yourself or your country. You're, you're not a man or a woman if you don't do that, right? This is not talking about that. This is talking about repay no one evil for evil. Now look at this word here, have regard. Have regard. These two words will determine how you handle yourself in public when someone has insulted you, shamed you, or hurt you. Just two words, have regard. That will separate the Christians who are victorious and the Christians who are not. So you might as well underline that in your Bible. Have regard. Okay, we'll talk about that. Notice what else he says. Have regard for good things, and here's the reason why, in the sight of all men, because in Paul's mind, everywhere you go as a Christian, you represent Jesus. Every interaction you have, you represent Jesus. Paul told Titus on the island of Crete, if people are going to say something about you, be so holy that they have to make up a lie. Okay. Paul understood that Christianity, for him, it was a 24-7 experience, and he understood that our lives, not just our mouths, Can help people come to know Christ. If it is possible. If it is possible. I'm glad Paul put that in there. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Isn't that a good rule to have? If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Born again and not. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Alexander County. That's different than the word repay. Do not avenge yourselves. How many of you believe God is sovereign? Do not avenge yourselves. And Paul's going to tell you why. Notice what he says. But rather give place to wrath, for it is written. For it is written. 1,500 years before Christ was born, this was written. And he says this. Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Authentic Christianity is so hard. Easy to preach, easy to teach, so hard to live out. Let's pray together. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. We love you. We thank you. We praise you for all that you've done for us. Lord, I want to thank you for our worship time this morning. What a blessing. Lord, I want to thank you for Sharon and Justin and the time that they put into the praise team, the student praise team. Lord, I pray that you would bless these students. Thank you for Uh, Putting on their heart, Lord, to use their talents and gifts for you. And Lord, we've been blessed because of it. And Father, this, this section of scripture is so easy to preach. But Lord, as a man and as a human being, sometimes it is so hard to live out. Father, I pray that we would all think to ourselves, Is there someone in this county, in my realm of influence, that I have not forgiven? Your word says to forgive as Christ Jesus has forgiven us. Lord, the word forgive. We're never more like Jesus than when we forgive. We're never more like Jesus than when we don't repay evil for evil. We're never more like Jesus than when we give our vengeance and our revenge to you and trust you with it. Lord, so easy to preach. So hard to live out, but it could be so life-changing for us. Lord, give us the victory and set us free today from unforgiveness, wrath, bitterness, vengeance, and all those things, Father, that are so important. It's amazing that Paul, writing to the church at Rome, felt the need to, to put this in his word. And Father, I pray that you'd be honored and glorified today because, Lord, during this service, at the end of this service, and following this service, we just set people free and let debts fly. For your honor and for your glory, help us to live an authentic Christian life. In Jesus' name I pray and all the God's people say together, amen. Thank you, may be seated. The first word here I see is the word repay. Notice that in most translations, and it may be in your translation, it's not in the New King James Version, the word before that is never, never. And the word translated never from the time of Paul to now means never. It means to never repay. Okay? Never repay. Stephen Davies said, this is a non-negotiable in Christianity. There are no loopholes in this. Grace never gets even. People of grace do not get even. Wouldn't it be great if God gave us a loophole? Wouldn't it be great if God says, well, not all the most of the time don't repay. One scholar says to allow an insult or personal wrong to occupy your mind with revenge or repayment is like putting a poisonous snake in your pocket and carrying it everywhere you go. To be bitten again and again. However, to ignore it or to respond to it in grace is to leave that snake on the ground where it belongs while you move past it and become free of it. We are called to be people of grace. Look at verse 3 of chapter 12. Paul says this, For I say to you, through the grace given to me. He prefaces everything by that. He says, I live my life by grace because God showed grace in my life. When I was not looking for him, he came to me and saved my soul. When I say say repay, someone or something will probably come to your mind right now. Is there anybody you want to repay? You don't got to be honest with me. Just be honest with yourself. You know what repayment is? Repaying someone is an emotional response to someone because of some things. Listen to this. If you live by your emotions, you'll easily be led astray. Our emotions are as much in need of transformation as our minds. Isn't it amazing how emotional we can be? That's why it's good. If someone cuts you off in traffic, don't respond. If someone cuts you off in traffic, don't respond. You know what I used to do? I used to give them the finger. That's what i do to them right there. All right? If someone cuts you off in traffic, why don't you wait five miles as you listen to praise and worship music and then respond? Think about it. See, we think that's funny, but you realize that 30 people in America today are going to be killed because of road rage. Because people acted emotional. I'm going to get you back because you cut me off in traffic. Is that not so immature and silly? I mean, it's not like they have 15 items. And the ten items or less at Walmart line. You do whatever you want to to them. Alright. But if they cut you off in traffic. Think about that. How many marriages are hurting or ended. Because of how couples in the heat of a moment. Talk to each other. Well you said this to me. I'm going to get you back. Throwing bible darts at each other. Isn't it something. Listen to what James says to the Lord brothers. My dearest brothers and sisters. Take notes. You taking notes. That's what he says. Take notes. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because anger repayment is an emotional response to someone or to something. Be quick to listen, be quick to hear, be slow to speak, and be slow to become angry. He says this, because human anger does not produce the righteousness of God that God desires. I remember hearing a, a pastor share one time in a sermon. He's talking about during the Korean War, some of the Korean military men, they got a, they, they, they got a house during the war and they hired a Korean houseboy. And this is what they would do. He said, this houseboy was so, he was a teenager, and they just picked on him all the time. They'd nail his shoes to the floor. They'd glue his socks together, okay? Whenever he came out of the bathroom, oftentimes he'd open up the door and a cup of water would fall on his head. But this guy was so nice and such a sweet guy that they got under conviction really okay not under conviction but they felt shame so they had a meeting with him this is what they said we're not going to nail your shoes to the floor anymore we're not going to glue your socks together we're sorry and this little Korean boy said this you mean no more nails shoes to floor they said no more he said you mean no more water on door they said no more he said okay then no more spit in your soup okay (laughs) repayment the word payback means literally to give back. Now listen to this definition. The word God used literally means to give back, implying that there is a debt. I'm going to pay you back. You owe this. I owe you this. Think about that. As a born-again Christian, you did this to me, I owe this to you, and I'm going to pay you back. It's the idea of an obligation and a responsibility that is not optional. I hear that all the time when I counsel. I I owe this to them. I owe this to my, i got to hold up my family name. If I don't do this, I'm less than a man. You know what I'm saying is true. I owe them. It's an obligation that I owe. In this context, the idea is to recompense in a bad sense. I'm going to reward you for what you did to me. Jesus alluded to this principle when he talked about the Old Testament law of eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. In Leviticus 24, he talks about it. Do you realize that the the Old Testament law, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, was never uh, intended by God for individuals to hand out, ever. It was always judicial. It's never for you, it's for the courts. The courts can say, you did this, you deserve this. I can't. Jesus never said that we had the right to do that. One scholar says the law of an eye for an eye is mentioned twice in the Old Testament, Leviticus 24 and Deuteronomy 19. Each time the phrase is used in the context of a case being judged before a civil authority, such as a judge. An eye for an eye was thus intended to be a guiding principle for lawgivers and judges. It was never used to justify vigilantism or settling grievances personally among people. In the New Testament, the Pharisees basically told people, an eye for an eye means you can get back at your neighbor. Isn't that something? And then Jesus spoke to that, and he said this. Jesus counters the common teaching of personal retaliation. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount. You have heard it said, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you. Jesus then proceeds to reveal God's heart concerning interpersonal relationships. And we looked at this last week. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks, and you do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. In giving this new command, Jesus was not nullifying the Old Testament law at all. He was just saying, you got to understand what the Old Testament law was for. It's not for personal vigilantism or revenge. It was always for the courts. The principle of an eye for an eye is meant as a judicial policy, not as a rule for interpersonal relationships. Which means this, I leave all judgment to the Lord. I leave all judgment to the Lord. Most of us want to bury the hatchet. We want to leave the handle sticking out of the ground, don't we? We want to bury the hatchet, but we want to leave the handle sticking out of the ground. Listen, are you currently looking to repay somebody? Don't do it. Give it to the Lord. Notice what he says here. This goes along with it in verse 17. Notice on the screen. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. This will help you more than anything, I'm going to tell you. Have regard. Look at that word. You're like, what does that mean? means literally to think before, to observe in advance, to notice beforehand, to plan before, to plan carefully, to perceive in advance, to foresee, to have regard for it. The idea is to think about something ahead of time, giving it careful thought and consideration. Think about the context. Somebody's done you evil. You know, when I do counseling with men, especially in Alexander County, this is what I'll tell them. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Have you forgiven? I think so. I said, have you, have you made a plan yet? What do you mean? I said, what are you going to do when you see that person in public? What are you going to do? What's your plan? Hadn't thought that far ahead. You hadn't? You hadn't thought that far ahead? Listen to me. I, I counsel people who go through adultery, right? Man or woman will leave their spouse. Now all the men look at me. I, I'll counsel men whether a lady will cheat on the husband and leave their spouse. Devastating. Is there anything worse? Is there anything worse? And I'll tell the man and try to, try to counsel him through this process and I'll say, brother, you got to understand you live in the same county with these people, you're going to see them. How are you going to handle that situation? Where does that come from? This verse right here. Look, have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Isn't it amazing in Alexander County how many of us will air our dirty laundry on social media? I mean, what are you, four years old? Good grief. Telling names, places, people, things. Do you have a plan? Hey, ladies, what if somebody in this church is gossiping about you? Do you have a plan when you meet her? Do you? Do you have a plan? See, what what Paul is saying is the kingdom of God is bigger than your little grievances with somebody else. And when you argue in public, you're bringing the name of Christ down in their eyes. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Handle yourself like a mature adult, like a Christian. Authentic Christianity. How are you? You know, it's amazing. In this church and every church in Alexander County, there are some people that have always sat on this side and some people that have always sat on that side because of grievances. You know what I say? If that's the only way you can handle it, good. Sit over there. Sit in your car. I don't care. Just don't bring that in here, right? Two places I don't want drama in my house and in my church. Amen? Keep it out. Keep it out. Look, and I would tell you this, when you want to respond on social media, have regard for good things. Gracious, you represent Jesus. You represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Be a person of grace. Be a person of grace. How are you going to handle that person who has done you evil that you want to repay, but you're giving it to the Lord when you meet them in Walmart? What are you going to do? Are you going to be the person that will act out and start a confrontation, or are you going to be a person of grace? See, it's easy to wear a WWJD bracelet, I'm telling you. It's really hard when you, when you have to put this into practice, because it will happen. Have regard. Think about it. Then he goes on to say this. Paul goes on to make this point. He says this. This can help bring peace. Listen, the wrong response is being wronged is to pay it back with wrong. The wrong response to being wrong is to pay it back with wrong. Notice the second word, peace, verse 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. If it is possible, it is not always possible. You know why? We live in a world that don't always work right. Sometimes there's no easy solutions. Some things in this world cannot be fixed no matter what we do. That's why he says this, as much as depends on you. Some people and problems may never be resolved for it takes two to quarrel, it also takes two to reconcile. MacArthur put it this way Short of compromising God's truth and standards, we should be willing to do great link, go to great lengths to build peaceful bridges with those who hate us. We must forsake any grudge or settled bitterness and fully forgive them from the heart, all who hate us. Having done that, we can seek reconciliation honestly. As much as depends on you, as, as much as possible, be at peace with that person. If they don't want to be at peace with you, then just avoid them as best you can, is what I would say. We as Christians should love peace, make peace, and be at peace. William Newell said this, It is not always possible for a Christian to be at peace with all men, but he can be a peace lover, a peace liver, and a peacemaker. James said this, the Lord's brother brother said this in James 3.18, Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. God loves peacemakers, loves them. Would you like to reap a harvest of righteousness? It don't take a lot of spiritual gifts. You don't got to preach or sing. You don't even have to know how to pray real well. Just be a person who sows peace. And God will bless your life. Spurgeon gave this funny little illustration to his church. You know, he preached about 5,000 people without a microphone. He's talking about this thing about peace. And he gives an illustration about his neighbor's dog. Okay? I wouldn't want to be Spurgeon's neighbor either. That's what he says about his dog. Now listen, Spurgeon had a sense of humor. He said, I once lived where my neighbor's garden was divided from me by only a very imperfect hedge. He kept a dog. And his dog was a shockingly bad gardener. And it did not improve my plants. He said, this dog tore up my, my garden. He said, so one evening while I walked along, I saw this dog doing mischief. And being a long way off, I threw a stick at him. And with some earnest advice as to his going home, this dog, instead of going home, picked up my stick And came to me with his mouth, with it in his mouth, wagging his tail. He dropped the stick at my feet and looked up in the most kindly way. What could I do but pat him on the head and call him a good dog? And regret that I ever spoke roughly to him. He said, Would it be so that humans responded more like dogs? Think about that. Somebody throwing a stick at you? You wanna be a man or a woman of God? A man or woman of grace? I remember counseling a guy and he was Everybody knew he drank a lot. I mean, every time I met him, he was drunk. Now, he got born again later in life in his 70s. And I preached his funeral. You know what he used to tell me? I'd walk over to his porch. Brother, how's it going? He'd be, he'd be, he's just intoxicated, petting his old dog. He said, Jamie, let me tell you something. He said, this dog, I don't care if I'm drunk or sober. He loves me either way. And I said, you know what? God loves you more than that dog does. Wouldn't it be neat if we had act even better than our dogs sometimes? Live at peace, if it's possible, as much as depends on you. Live at peace with all men. As much as depends on you. Just do your part, okay? Just do your part. The third thing we see here, and this is the tough one, is the word revenge. Notice what verse 19 says. He says this. Beloved. Notice how personal he gets because he understands. Do not avenge yourselves. Revenge. You know what the, you know what the difference between this and this? And repayment is? Repayment is emotional, and you're going to do it right then. Revenge says, I got time. Oh, I got time. I got all year. I'll wait two years. I'll wait three years. But I will get you back. That's what the word avenge means. Look at that. Do not avenge yourselves. I'll wait. I'll wait for the right time. I got a plan, and I'm going to get you back. I remember talking to a person one time and they kind of had that attitude. I said, how many church services have you set through since this, since your plan? How many books of the Bible have you read? How many people have you witnessed to? Have you been able to worship for the last two years? Nobody can. You can't. See, repayment is emotional. Revenge is not emotional. You're willing to wait your time to get back at that person. And what Paul would say is this. Oh, don't do it. John Calvin said, Revenge is a passion unbecoming of the children of God. What Paul says is this. Notice what he says. Give place. Give place. Look at the words give place. This is like a, 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 a military commander telling those under him, You do this now. That's what that word means. Do it now. That, what, what, I, what I would tell you is this. If you are here this morning, you didn't know what I was preaching on, and you have revenge in your heart, what the Holy Spirit's telling you now, do this now. And it's in the aorist imperative, which means now. There's no reason to pray about this. You just do it. You do it now. If you're seeking revenge, you give place now, is what this means. You give now, look, to wrath. That is God. You know, the word wrath only applies to God, and it means his holy, deep seated anger towards sin. And if you die in your sins, you will face God's just holy wrath. It's a judicial term. It's a legal term in the courtroom of heaven. Just as Paul told us that if you place your faith in Christ, you're justified. That's the highest court of the land. That you're saved for eternity. Also, God's wrath placed on an unbeliever is a judicial term, which means it's going to happen. And what Paul is saying is this: Listen, from chapter one through chapter twelve, we've talked theology. Right, and now when somebody's makes you mad, you forget your theology. What is wrong with you? If you believe I'm sovereign, if you believe I judge unbelievers, then why can't you leave place to me to handle it? For it is written. What that means that when you see the word "for it is written," Paul's saying this was written, and you know it in the Bible a long time ago, 1,500 years ago. It's eternal and it's, it cannot be changed. How many of you believe the Bible? Oh, really? Do you? Do you believe the Bible? Well, then why are you trying to seek revenge? It is written. It's a prophecy. It's going to happen. Vengeance, God says, is mine. God says, you're my child. I'm your father. Trust me with it. Trust me with it. Vengeance is mine. Do you believe God has your best interest in mind? Is God sovereign? Is God holy? Is God just? Then why don't you trust Him with it? See, you don't even know the other person or situation as full as you think you do, and God knows all about it. And then notice what God says. I want every lost person here especially to focus in on this. God said this. It was written 1,500 years before Christ's birth. I will repay. What this word means, my friends, and God does not waste words. Every word in the Bible matters. What this word means is this. Stephen Davies said this, it is startling, really. It means to personally and accurately pay back. To personally and accurately pay back. That means that's God doing this, who makes no mistakes. You know, the Bible says in Revelation 20 that when the lost are judged, the great white throne judgment, books are opened. That's not done to determine whether you're innocent or guilty. It's done to determine why you're guilty. You know, Paul said in Romans chapter 2 that God is showing forbearance for sinners now, which means he's delaying punishment now. God would be perfectly just in striking every one of us dead if he wanted to. For the first cause of blasphemy. But the Bible says that he's forbearing, he's delaying it, and hopes that you'll repent. But if you do not, you'll stand before a holy and just judge, and he says, I will repay Hell will not be the same for everybody. That's that's nowhere in the Bible. Jesus said to uh, Capernaum, it's going to be more tolerable on the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you. God says, I will repay. And then what Paul says in Romans in chapter 2, he says this, at at the sight of God, basically, and I'm going to paraphrase, and before the law, all mouths will be stopped. You're not going to argue. You're not going to give defense of your life. You're going to understand. You're standing before a holy and just God. And you're going to understand, I deserve this. Whatever it is, you deserve it. God says, I will repay. And what basically what Paul is saying is this. If you understand this, if you understand that lo- that that person who's acting like a lost person, only God knows their heart, if he's going to repay, are you going to take the place of God? And then that leads us to the obvious next question. word and that is the word overcome notice verse 20 he says therefore because of that because of what I just said about God repaying if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him a drink for in doing so you will heap coals of fire on his head there are two thoughts here there's this Egyptian practice that was done back in those days where a guy who wanted to repent and show his shame put hot coals on his head okay but really, in Jesus' day, when you had coals, you know, b- back then, you kept the coals burning because if it went out, you had to go get more coals. They always kept the coals burning. As long as the coals were burning, you could eat. You could drink. You could heat. And literally what, what uh, Paul is saying here is, listen, if, you're in, if your enemy's running out of coals, just keep feeding him coals. Just keep blessing his life. If God is sovereign and you can trust him, just keep doing that. He says, in doing so, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Now notice the last verse. He says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That word overcome means I'm a conqueror. You know, somebody should write a Christian song about being an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. So you have a choice between two things. To overcome or be overcome. Isn't it amazing how many Christians live in a prison of their own unforgiveness? So many do. They just can't let it go. So many, so many. Listen, only to the conquerors, the overcomers, are the great promises of the book of Revelation. Listen to what the book of Revelation says. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the hidden manna. And another verse, him that overcomes, will I make a pillar in the house of God. To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my Father in his throne. Listen to me. Will you forgive. Will you let it go? Will you be overcome or will you overcome? On the cross Jesus said this. Jesus was hanging nude in front of his mama and he said this, Father forgive them for they do not know what they're doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The king of kings says, Father forgive them his last breath basically almost was father, if you study the Greek he said it over and over again from the cross. People cursing him, making fun of him, spitting at him. All the things that happened at a crucifixion in those days. And Jesus is saying, Father, just please, and he meant it from his heart, just forgive him. Want to be like Jesus? There's so many word pictures for forgiveness in the Bible. Listen, to forgive is to turn the key, open the cell door, and let the prisoner set free who committed a crime against you. To forgive is to write in large letters across a debt nothing is owed. To forgive is to pound the gavel in a courtroom and declare the person not guilty. To forgive is to shoot an arrow so high and so far that it can never be retrieved. To forgive is to take out the garbage and dispose of it, leaving the house fresh and clean. To forgive is to loose the anchor and set the ship free to sail. To forgive is to grant a full pardon to a condemned and sentenced criminal. To forgive is to smash a clay pot into a thousand pieces so it can never be put together again. MacArthur put it this way, only the brave know how to forgive. It is the most refined and generous element of human virtue. Cowards have done good deeds and performed kind acts. Cowards have even fought and conquered. But cowards never forgive. It is not in their nature. It's not in their hearts. The power to forgive flows only from a strength and a greatness of soul, conscious of its own humility and security and able to rise above all the little temptations of resenting every fruitless attempt to steal its happiness. You're never more like God than when you forgive. Let me ask you a question. Have you truly forgiven? I'll give you a test. When you think about that person, are you still angry, bitter, or resentful? Do you have a subtle desire to see that person pay for what they did to you? Do you have a secret desire for revenge which says something like this, I wouldn't mind if some hurt happened to the person who hurt me. Do you find yourself telling others how the other person hurts you over and over again? You hadn't forgiven. But you need to today. This service and this invitation, if, if, if you're honest, if you're honest, can literally change your life if you'll let it. Are you willing to forgive? You say, well, that person's dead. L- let me tell you what I told a guy who was getting out of prison. He had a similar situation with his dad as I did. I said, here's what you do, buddy. You go to, this, you go to the tomb where your dad is buried and you just forgive him. Tell him what you told me. Just you and him. Yeah, you're talking to a piece of wood or a piece of cement. Just do it. Just do it. You've done your part. You've done your part. Is there anyone you have not forgiven? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to lead us in this prayer real quickly. I'm going to encourage you to set them free today. Don't pray out loud. As you start your prayer, you say this: "Father, I forgive fill in the blank." Father, I forgive, and you fill in the blank. Father, I will not repay, and you fill in the blank. Father, I will not seek revenge against, and you fill in the blank. And then if you want to live an authentic Christian life, you say this, Father, I give this situation to you. And if you're lost today, I would encourage you to pray this, Father, I believe in the resurrected Christ alone. For my salvation, be merciful to me a sinner, sinner and be my Lord and Savior. Fathers, we come to you in prayer. We thank you for your word. Father, I pray that we would be a church of grace, Father. And for those who we feel like have wronged us, that, Lord, we would justly give it to you, forgive, and set them free. And so, Lord, we're setting ourselves free as well. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people said together, Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope everyone has a great week. We'll see you next week. I need all the active deacons today, if you will, to meet me in the conference room for a very brief meeting. Thank you. God bless, and you're dismissed.